We're here seven days a week. Giving you the actionable insights and expert perspectives you need to win. And here's more good news. It's free. So stay tuned and get the winning edge. This is Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. Hour number two of the morning after right here on Sports Grid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for Sports Grid Radio on Sirius XM. I am Ben Stevens, and for the second straight hour, somehow, someway, even despite to end out hour number one, bringing up Notre Dame covering in the college football playoff against number one Georgia, Kevin Walsh joins us on TMA, making TMA the early after here on a Tuesday. Kevin Walsh, one of the co-hosts of the early line each and every weekday morning, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern on the grid, bringing us in to the morning after each and every day. Kevin Walsh, great to have you back for hour number two. I was not sure you would see the other side of the break, yet here you are. It was it was tough to say. There was a lot of back and forth about whether or not I, I deserved my spot back. Ultimately, the, the end result was uh, obviously, I think is what a lot of people said. I also heard a, a rumor yesterday that you called Donnie Wrightside the host of the early line, and that well, that is just unacceptable there. I mean, do not let, let DRS get the idea that he's the star of the show. He already acts like it. We can't let people confirm. Yeah. Listen, I was trying to butter him up maybe on a Monday morning for being here with us or as just a misspeak, and I meant to say the co-host or one of the hosts, and it just came out the host. The Kevin, you know that I think you both – oh, hey, listen – I would not say that about DRS. Do not slander that good man's name, Kevin Walsh. Not here after you just slandered everything the college football playoff should ultimately stand for. Anyway, let's dive in to the action around the NBA. I will just say, to end out fade the public, when I asked you, are you fading the public, I did not expect you to bring up Notre Dame in the college football playoff. That broke me. That's your mistake. It got me. It was very, very good. That is what Kevin Walsh does. He is for the people. What else he does for the people handicaps the NBA with the best of them. And Kev, let's look back on the action on a very full slate on a Monday night in the association. And the Washington Wizards are the best team in the Eastern Conference because the Wizards won their 10th game of the year last night in the nation's capital at home. The Wizards improved to 10-3, and the best record right now in the East overall this season, beating the New Orleans Pelicans 105-100. The Wiz also cover as a four-and-a-half-point favorite. They are 9-4 and ATS, alongside being 10-3 and straight up. And the Wiz are 4-2 and ATS as the favorites, Kevin. The Washington Wizards, what do you make of their start this year? Well, overall, you, you got to say this Pelicans team, right? You think you see, oh, five-point win. That's not that good. Uh, this is a four-and-a-half-point spread. Brandon Ingram came back, and the Pels shot at better than 50% from beyond the arc. The Wizards still finding a way to come back and win this game. By the way, down pretty hefty going into the second half. Was impressive. Mm. No doubt about it here. And what I think is kind of – it's incredible to say, but they kind of just have guys in the right role right now and they're playing some defense here overall which last year my goodness did this group not play defense i mean they didn't even consider it like they simply said hey first to 125 and they just hope that they got there first and that they then maybe would be able to cancel the game after that because they probably still just keep giving up points overall the the question on a team like washington though really to me ben is how this is going to impact the state of the eastern conference right now and here's what i mean by that mm. they are currently in the number one spot overall. At the minimum, it's hard now to maybe say that this team can at least get a play-in spot, right, in the Eastern Conference. 
Patriots, right? That's where they currently stand. Right now, not inside the top 10, the Milwaukee Bucks, the Atlanta Hawks, and the Indiana Pacers. Two of the three, if not all three, would be upsets to not land inside your top 10. Some's going to have to give here, man, on some of these teams in the Eastern Conference. And welcome to our Sports Grid Radio audience here. The second hour of the morning after on this Tuesday, just getting underway. It's Ben Stevens and Kevin Walsh. So the morning after is the early after. And you are listening on Sirius XM, Channel 159, the Mightier 1090 out on the West Coast. Kevin, it's interesting to see, despite this really good start for the Wizards, winning 10 of their first 13 games, still tied for the ninth shortest odds to win the Eastern Conference with those Indiana Pacers at 65-1. to A couple of players to highlight from last night. Montrezl Harrell, 15 points off the bench he has the second shortest odds to win the sixth man of the year in the nba at 15 to 1 plus 1500 tyler hero of the miami heat minus 110 is the odds on favorite to win that award also a huge night for spencer dinwiddie 27 points nine assists five rebounds going over his points rebounds and assist prop that tom vecchio gave you on the show yesterday of 31 and a half clearing that margin very very easily also in the eastern conference yesterday kevin the cleveland cavaliers were cruising but they fall to the boston celtics last night 98 to 92 but do not fret cleveland still the second or the best cover percentage in the nba tied alongside the chicago bulls and the miami heat for the best cover percentage at 71.4 percent seven four and one ats this year are the Cavs. They do not cover as an underdog last night against the Celtics, but a total of 199 in a regular season NBA game, Kevin, still falls under between the Celtics and the Cavs. An absolute hark if you're someone like myself who prefers to bet overs, but I mean, you've learned your lesson with this Cavs team by now, I, I would like to think. But where will, where did this fall apart, though, for Boston? Or rather for Cleveland, excuse me. Boston scores 37 in the opening half, 33 in the final quarter. The Cavs have to grind you out and stop you on the defensive side of the basketball. That is where this team is trying to win games. But I will reiterate my point here, Ben. It is early season, no doubt. But as Cleveland sits there, it's the fifth spot right now in the East, nine and six. It's going to be a given. There are two teams in the East, the Pistons and the Magic, who simply will say, hey, if you want us to lose out, you got it. That The rest 13 teams in this conference are hoping to fill 10 spots. A lot of season left. The Cavs, another under last night, the second highest under percentage at 73%. More association talk on the other side of the break here on TMN. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159. It's Ben Stevens and Kevin Walsh here with you on a Tuesday morning, the morning after, the early after, however you want to slice it up. We are here to make you a better sports better who is a more engaged and informed sports fan. That is our charge on this Tuesday. And now you are gleaning the knowledge and the expertise of K-Dubs when it comes to the NBA. There is none better in my mind about having a true pulse on the association then Kevin Walsh. So, Kev, let's keep diving through some of the results from last night before we flip our focus to tonight. 
Three games, a smaller slate in the NBA, but a marquee matchup in Brooklyn at the Barclays Center between the Nets and the Warriors. We'll get to that game here in just a little bit. But a good matchup in the Western Conference last night out in Dallas, Texas. The Mavericks beating the Denver Nuggets 111-101. The Mavs covering at home against the Nugs. A good win for a Dallas team that was 8-4 and four entering last night, but just 4-8 and eight against the spread. They win and cover against the Denver Nuggets last night. So for me, the takeaway is Nikola Jokic. Dallas credit, good win by 10. Denver, second leg of a back-to-back. Cool, got it, great, good. Not the point. The Denver Nuggets, right, lose this game by 10, despite Jokic in 37 minutes giving you 35, 16, and 6. Only a minus 1 in those 37 minutes of action. We know Jamal Murray is injured. Michael Porter Jr. missed this game as well. There are two points here. One, if you're Denver... Like, I know everyone likes to wait for the deadline. You're 9-5. and five. I, I get it. Don't waste Nikola Jokic. Nikola Jokic, actively, not just saying this, has a case for the best player in the NBA. That's how good Nikola Jokic is right now. The reigning MVP is maybe playing even better this season. And this is the second point that I wanted to bring up here, Ben. For those that appreciate the advanced analytics in the NBA, for, you know, those catch-all statistics, right? that Nikola Jokic absolutely dominated last year. Well, he's doing it again. Win shares. Win shares per 48. Box score plus minus. Offensive box score plus minus. Defensive box score plus minus. Every single thing. Value over replacement. He is first, bar none, in every single advanced catch-all statistic. Yet we go to odds to win the NBA MVP. He is 10-1. to 1. Three players in front of him, Steph Curry, Durant, and Giannis. The question is, can Jokic actually repeat? And that is something that I'm starting to struggle with because I was a full absolute no coming into the season, Ben. But he is just statistically, just right now, he's untouchable in the NBA, what this guy is doing. Truly, if the numbers stay this good, because Ben, the narrative of what he did last year, right, shorthanded the Jamal Murray injury, is all there, but for a full season, this go around. If we're looking for NBA season value, Jokic won't finish outside of the top three. If the statistical dominance continues, perhaps you can find yourself down the backstretch of the NBA season with Jokic and one other guy in the race, a 10-to-1 ticket, and hope that other piece of the portion allows you a legitimate hedge opportunity to lock down some value in the MVP market. Maybe it is Luka Doncic, who is also tied for the fourth shortest odds right now with Nikola Jokic at 10 to 1 and Luka Doncic last night in the Dallas Mavericks win over those Denver Nuggets 23 points 11 assists and eight rebounds we will dive into how the market has moved in the NBA MVP market coming up in our next segment because it has been fascinating and right now the guy at the top of the market Steph Curry we'll get into that in just a little bit but also last night out at Staples Center for the 12th time in 15 games the Lakers were home hosting the Chicago Bulls but was not so much home cooking last night. The Bulls winning on the road and a back-to-back in Los Angeles, 121-103 over the L.A. Lakers, who the Lakers, Kevin, played a tribute video for the Caruso show. Alex Caruso back in Los Angeles, and they gave him a tribute video. And the Bulls now 10-4 and four straight up this year. One of the best cover percentages in all of the NBA at 71.4%. They cover last night with a line that flipped often throughout the day. The Bulls were a one-point favorite, then the Lakers a one-and-a-half-point favorite. Then the Bulls back to a favorite prior to tip last night in Los Angeles. Either which way you slice it, the Bulls get a win, and they cover regardless of where you got the number. 
So you had two teams on the second leg of a back-to-back. One of those teams has DeMar DeRozan and Zach Levine, who right now have a, who are doing a tremendous job splitting a workload. And you got 38 from DeMar, which is outrageous. I mean, the guy's just been so good for the Chicago Bulls. Levine checked in for a very efficient 26 points as well. The, the Bulls were great in this game here. They had a great shooting night overall. But the Lakers are, if I'm not mistaken, Ben, as always, the story. The problem is the story now is kind of stagnant. We answered the question a couple of games back, if we're honest. Are they good enough without LeBron? No. It was obvious when they lost to the Thunder twice without LeBron. But also, Ben, does that question matter? Like, nobody's picking this team to win a title without LeBron. If anybody out there was, you at least now know you you can't do that. You shouldn't do that. But where does – what will the Lakers do, Ben? now without LeBron to make it matter. If, if they're horrible in every game, it doesn't matter. LeBron's not there. And we just know they're not going to be excellent without him. So we're just kind of in waiting. The only thing that is very, very important for the Los Angeles Lakers, and some people will think this is a joke. I promise you it is not. It is to get LeBron, Anthony Davis, and Russell Westbrook enough games together to see if they feel good about that big three. Because I'm telling you this right now, if LeBron doesn't think the Russ thing is going to work, they will trade Russell Westbrook at the trade deadline. Have you not been watching LeBron James over the past couple of years? LeBron James will ship house. I promise you that. Because there's no time then to not win an NBA championship. I'm not telling you that's what's going to happen. But Russell Westbrook has been getting a lot of slander this season. By the way, this game wasn't his fault. 25 points, efficient shooting. The team was very bad on this game here. But I'm telling you this right now. LeBron is not going to stubbornly waste year 19 on something that he can tell cannot work that's what's important for the lakers is to get lebron back to see if this thing actually works so the lakers their 12th game at home last night inside staples of the 15 they have played so far in this nba season seven and five straight up at home but only four and eight against the number inside their own friendly confines a huge matchup tonight kevin on this tuesday evening slate in the association Mm -hmm. In Brooklyn, at Barclays Center, the Nets, a three-point home favorite against the best team in the NBA right now, the Golden State Warriors. The over-under total at last check on the FanDuel Sportsbook is 221. How do you approach this matchup tonight between the Dubs and the Nets? So there's a lot of interesting stuff coming into this game here, okay? Uh, In terms of the total, 225, 221, moving around a little bit here. Golden State has played three of their four road games towards the under. Brooklyn has played five of their six home games to the under. However, Brooklyn is coming off of a long road trip, and it seems like their offense has hit its stride. Six of their last eight games, they have gone over their team total, and in the six overs, scoring at least 116 points in those games. I'm interested in a Brooklyn team total. I'm interested in backing this offense, and plainly, I'm just interested in backing the Nets here in this game. I get it, Golden State with the best record in the league. Golden State, comparable to what you were just talking about with the Lakers, I mean, they've only played four road games here on the season. Mm. And again, it, it's okay to say this. Like, it, it doesn't diminish the fact that they're 11-2. and two. Schedule's been light. They, they've played awful basketball teams in their building here. Oklahoma City, the New Orleans Pelicans, the, the Houston Rockets. That, that's who's been checking into town. East Coast teams traveling, the Hornets and the Hawks. The Golden State Warriors just coming off of a loss on the road to the Charlotte Hornets. They're only 2-2 two and two against the number on the road, this is a spot where I want to back the Brooklyn Nets. I think the, what the Brooklyn Nets actually are doing, Ben, has been underrated this season, right? You mentioned the Wizards uh, atop of the East right now, 10-3. and three. The Nets are 10-4. and four. 
doesn't it feel like the yeah. Nets were like a week ago a doom and gloom kind of a team here? Harden starting to play really good, and Kevin Durant has been excellent here. So I, I think this is a spot here to back the Nets tonight. The Warriors have been a favorite in all but one game this year. It was just that season opener against the Los Angeles Lakers. They covered and won that game outright, covering the number by 10 and a half points. The Brooklyn Nets, a favorite in all but one game this year as well. They will be the favorites at home tonight inside Barclays, laying three, seven, and six against the number as a favorite so far this year. We mentioned it, the MVP market in the National Basketball Association. It has been moving since the season started, looking at who's at the top and where the value remains. Coming up next year on The Grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Right back here on the morning after on Sports Grid, Sirius XM, Channel 159, and all across the Sports Grid Network, alongside Kevin Walsh for the first two hours of the morning after on this Tuesday. I am Ben Stevens. Kevin hosts the early line each and every weekday morning alongside Donnie Wrightside. Neither of them is the main host. They are partners in crime in that venture, <laughs> 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern on the grid, leading into us here on the morning after. Kevin was sharing some expertise around the association we will get to the mvp market and how it has moved in just a moment but three games on the nba slate tonight really kevin capped off by the highlight of the night the warriors on the road in brooklyn against the nets brooklyn a three-point favorite the over under total currently on FanDuel 221 we were sharing some notes and how to approach this game a couple of other things stood out to you what's the breakdown like yeah, so I, I quite honestly, I couldn't even tell you what Ben said that triggered this in my head, but I immediately needed to run to check what the Warriors have done in the first half on the road against the Lakers, lost outright, not even close towards a cover. Against the Kings as favorites, lost the first half outright. Against the Thunder as favorites, lost the first half outright. And against the Hornets as favorites, tied the first half. Yet to win a first half. Yet to cover first half. Nats money line minus 140. Nats are laying a point and a half in the first half. I think that might be a very, very good way for folks to play that game. I just also wanted to bring up the staff trends on this season. Small sample size. Yeah. Four games. They have hardly been on the road this season. With that being said, he has yet to go over his points prop on the road. He has played four games on the road. In three of them, he has registered 10 assist games. Perhaps kind of, you know, road teams a little more focused, trapping staff, can't get free, can't get loose, whatever it might be. But those are important trends here because I think there's going to be a lot of people that want to run up to the window on Steph over tonight. Big game atmosphere. Why wouldn't you? He's not done it so far on the road this season. Two other games in the NBA tonight, Kevin. The Utah Jazz hosting the Philadelphia 76ers. The Jazz, a 10-point favorite at home. Philly has lost four straight without Joel Embiid. Also, the Clippers, a 7.5-point home favorite inside Staples Center against the San Antonio Spurs. Anything that you like in either of those two games tonight? Yeah, let's quickly uh, talk Sixers here because you're absolutely right. They're, they're struggling here. Four consecutive losses covers in none of those games. Pales, I think, in comparison to what Utah's put forward. They have now lost four of their last five games, and they were favorites mm. of eight and a half points or better in three of those games. Nine-point favorites here tonight. Listen, 
it's hard to back Utah. I think it's a game you want to go for props. And here's where I'm interested. It's the trends that exist without Embiid. Because we might have to take advantage of these while they still exist. I got three for you, Ben. Tyrese Maxey, over 16 and a half points. He scored 33, 31, and 24 in his last three games. Seth Curry, over two and a half assists. A little bit of increased workload. Play creating for others for Seth Curry. Over two and a half assists has cashed in every game that he has played so far this season without a Joel Embiid. And lastly, and maybe none that will make more sense to the people than this one, Andre Drummond, over 13 and a half rebounds, averaging 17.6 boards in his five games as a starter for the 76ers this season. Lastly, just to round it out, because you mentioned uh, Clippers Spurs here, a Clippers team total is going to be worth a look. They just had their seven-game win streak snap. This is a team that has now been able to hit their team total in five of their last seven games here, and we've seen the Spurs start to bleed points. The last three games that they've played, allowing 117, 123, and 114. You can get that number at you know, maybe 110.5, 111.5 there. I think you'll see the Clippers score at home tonight. Yeah, that game total overall for the L.A. Clippers and the San Antonio Spurs, 220 right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook. So Kevin talked about Steph Curry and some of these struggles or slight struggles he has had on the road, but it has been a great year for the chef, and it has caused the market to move in the NBA most valuable player market on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Let's look at how those odds have changed. It's time for Market Movers. All right, so the initial odds that we are going to show you are from the preseason, right before the start of that NBA regular season on October 18th to where they currently stand. And there was a slight fluctuation even this morning on the price of Nikola Jokic after a great performance last night on the road in Dallas and how that affected his odds and also Giannis Antetokounmpo. But let's first look at those odds, Kevin, before the year got underway. Luka Doncic was the preseason favorite to win the NBA MVP at plus 500. Kevin Durant, the second shortest odds at plus 650. Giannis, the third shortest odds at 7-1. Joel Embiid, Steph Curry right there, both at plus 800. Nikola Jokic, 16-1. And then you'll see Jay Butt there, plus 6,500. He has had a ton of movement in his favor. Now 19 to 1 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Nikola Jokic was 12 to 1 last night after the game against the Dallas Mavericks. Now 10 to 1, tied for the fourth shortest odds on the FanDuel Sportsbook. Steph has moved from plus 800 in the preseason to now the favorite to win this award at plus 270. Joel Embiid, 19 to 1, has not played in a couple of games. Giannis still the third shortest odds at plus 800. Then you have Kevin Durant, the second shortest odds, plus 480. And then Luka and Nikola Jokic, both tied with the fourth shortest odds right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the MVP at 10 to 1. Kevin, what catches your eye first in the NBA MVP market right now? Boy, there, there's quite a lot there. What a what a delightful graphic, though. I, I really like how that puts Thank things uh, into perspective for the people. Now, there are two names, Ben, off the graphic that I think we could get to. But on the graphic, Joel Embiid, to me, enters every single season as a top 10 player in the NBA with zero equity to win an MVP. He'll never play enough games mm -hmm. to win the award. He'll never play enough games. And now, this time, it's not even his fault, right? Dealing with the COVID, I get that. But in a very bizarre turn, if you remember the game that he, the first game he missed because of COVID, he was going to miss because he was resting. Don't try and buy low on a Joel Embiid. It's not going to work. He's, even last year during the shortened season, he still missed too many games 
to win the award. I, I just Embiid to me never actively has enough of a chance to win it. That's just how I see it. The other thing I'll pair with guys on uh, this board right now is the Giannis one. So Giannis was my preseason pick to win MVP. I thought Harden had a lot of value. I thought Giannis was going to win the award. Again, the sneaky secret is that this team has just been kind of bad. We've talked about it right now. Like They're not even inside the top 10 in the Eastern Conference. They've clearly missed a Chris Middleton. And, and that's okay that they've missed Chris Middleton, but... Ben, how are you going to argue for Giannis to be MVP if this team is 6-8 and eight right now because they don't have Chris Middleton? Giannis, through only 14 games, I think has seen a massive, massive hit in his chances, maybe more than only the 50 cents of drop that we've actually seen. And we've seen Nikola Jokic, Kevin, like you mentioned, drop by $6 now from 16-1 to 1 in the preseason, now to 10-1, to 1, the reigning MVP in the association statistically as kevin laid out for you as we were recapping that game between the nuggets and the mavericks last night has been sensational once again 25.3 points entering yesterday that number probably up after dropping 35 on the road in dallas last night on 59 and a half percent shooting from the field that is tremendous averaging nearly 14 rebounds per game over six assists per game and denver again when you correlate any futures market whether it's an individual award you also must look at what kevin was alluding to with the milwaukee bucks of how this team is performing and what do their future odds look like to how sustainable it is and how much staying power they have as one of the top teams in the nba and in their respective conferences and the denver nuggets were also 10 to 1 to win the west before the year got underway their odds have grown shorter by two dollars from 10 to 1 to 8 to 1 right now and could continue to be a team when Jamal Murray gets back and if as Kevin alluded to they also make an acquisition near the trade deadline to bolster that team could be a team that will certainly factor in the Western Conference playoff race but Kev I also look at the top of this market plus 270 Steph Curry right now 8 to 1 before the year plus 270 right now he has been off to a great great start so far this season second in the nba in scoring in 28.1 points per game is what he is averaging he plays the top scorer in the association tonight in kevin durant steph is averaging over five made three pointers per game also nearly seven assists and nearly two steals per game and it's all a part of a great start for the golden state warriors who have the best record in the entire nba at 11 and 2 straight up 8-4-1 against the spread, entering a huge matchup tonight against Brooklyn. Have only been an underdog in one game prior to tonight. They're getting three points on the road against the Nets. So, look, Steph has obviously been very good. Has he been earth-shattering? Like, like has Steph's start to the season been better than what he personally put forward last year? I don't think so. It's the 11-2 and record that has him right now as the favorite and moving in the way that he has. But that matters. Look, I can't stress this enough when it comes to the MVM, MVP, okay? You have to bet on how they're going to vote. And I know that that is somewhat, in some ways self-explanatory, but it, you can't say it enough, okay? Because a lot of years in a row, I've predicted LeBron to win MVP. And a lot of years in a row, I would have been correct if it was up to me to decide who won the award. But I don't make that decision. <laughs> and I'll tell you this right now. They will gladly give this award to Steph Curry. And if they do finish with the best record in the Western Conference and maybe the NBA overall, it's going to be really hard to knock down Steph Curry. But I will say this right now. We talked those catch-all statistics, Ben. He doesn't rank inside the top three in any of them. Box score plus minus, value over replacement. Steph has been very good. 
comfortably a top five player in the NBA. Has he been the best player in the NBA? No, but the Warriors have so far the best record, and that is the biggest boost to his odds right now. It's always a narrative award. Do not forget that. And it is correlated to the team's overall performance and how they stand in the Western Conference or Eastern Conference, which, by the way, the Miami Heat now plus 500 had their odds drop in half. That's why Jimmy Butler went from 65 to 1 in the preseason to 19 to 1. Wasn't even in the top 20 shortest odds before the season got underway. Now tied for the sixth shortest odds at plus 1900 with Joel Embiid. A great start to the year for Jimmy Buckets and company with the Miami Heat. A little NFL early line action. Get it? That's up next year on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Welcome back to the morning after on Sports Grid Sirius XM Channel 159. I am Ben Stevens alongside Kevin Walsh for the first two hours of this Tuesday edition of the morning after, which becomes the early after Kevin departs in just a couple of minutes. We will miss him dearly, but then we roll on until noon Eastern time right here on the grid. So, Kevin, it is a Tuesday. We look ahead to week number 11 in the NFL. You are one of the co-hosts of the early line each and every weekday morning here on Sports Grid, 7 a.m., to 9 a.m. Eastern. So what are we going to do right now? Chase the early line. <laughs> Chase the early line for this NFL week number 11 to see where these odds might move ahead of Sunday's contest. So, Kevin, let's begin with one of the marquee matchups of Sunday afternoon. The Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Dallas Cowboys. The Chiefs, a two-and-a-half-point home favorite inside Arrowhead at the moment. The over-under total. 55 and a half, the highest total of this entire weekend slate. We've seen a bit of line movement, Kev, in KC's favor. It opened to two, up by a hook now to two and a half. A short number, though, between two teams coming mm -hmm. off two very good wins this past weekend. Yeah, so here's the interesting thing on Kansas. You see the line. It's a stone-cold Dallas line. They want you to bet the Chiefs. They also wanted you to bet the Chiefs last night, No. Would it, would it, or on Sunday night, rather? I, I, I would say so. And they blasted. They blasted the Vegas Raiders, and, and they look good. And when Kansas City is going to look that good, how do you not want to get involved? I, I mean, I, I don't know. And the thing is, Dallas obviously looked awesome in their game as well. But here's the one thing on the Cowboys, man. They haven't really played the same level of competition as the Kansas City Chiefs. And there's been some ugly performances mixed in there, no doubt. Browns, Ravens, Chargers, Birds, thank you. Bills, Titans, you know, obviously a Green Bay defense. I know Rodgers didn't play, but I think we're learning a Green Bay defense that's, that's pretty darn good. Just shut out Russell Wilson and the Vegas Raiders. Dallas has played Tampa week one and New England, I think, before the Pats turn the corner maybe. An Eagles game at home. I'm just saying, like, this, to me, is a bit of a step up for the Cowboys on the road as well, Ben. We just haven't seen a lot from them this season. 
the one thing that's so funny about the Chiefs is every week you say you like the Chiefs against the number, you feel like a bit of a fool because of what they've done against the number. But it worked out on Sunday. So, boy, under the field goal, man. I just If it was a flat three, it'd be a full pass. But under the field goal, you got to like the Chiefs, I feel. Yeah, right now, Kansas City, that third cover of the year, just three and seven ATS, but their third cover of the year in a big way as a two-and-a-half-point road favorite against the Raiders on Sunday night. The Chiefs have been a favorite in every game. That is no shocker to anybody. The Cowboys have been an underdog three prior times this year. A perfect 3-0 and against the spread are the Dallas Cowboys when booked as an underdog. Actually, Dallas also 8-1 and one ATS, the second-best record against the mm. number in all of the NFL. Only the Green Bay Packers, who are 9-1 and one ATS, have a better record against the number in all of the National Football League than the Dallas Cowboys. Also, that total, 55-and-a-half, more than five points higher than every other total the week, this weekend. The second closest is Monday night between the Bucks and the Giants. That's at 50 right now. So 55-and-a-half would be the highest total for the Dallas Cowboys all year long. They have played five of their nine games to the over, but three straight hitting the under. Kansas City, it's been half over, half under. Five games over, five games under, but they had played four straight unders prior to Sunday night against the Raiders when it was really Kansas City's 41 points in that game that just just pushed the total over of a 52.5 against the Raiders. Kansas City winning that game 41 to 14, but a very, very high total at 55 and a hook for the Cowboys and the Chiefs. Who, Kev, like you mentioned, I think it's a statement game for both sides, at least on how the market will perceive both of these teams. If the Cowboys go on the road and beat the Kansas City Chiefs outright, a very legitimate contender in the NFC. If the Chiefs take care of business, cover a number of two and a half at home inside Arrowhead against the Cowboys. I think the Chiefs are going to have a much shorter number to win the AFC come Monday morning, and everybody will be fully back in on Kansas City. If the Chiefs win by double digits, you could argue they should go back to favorites to win the conference. I don't oh. think that's outlandish at all, right? I mean, yeah, the only team in front of them is the only team in front of them is Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, yeah, cool, cool. beat the Jets. Yeah, me too. I, I think I beat the Jets this season. I'm pretty sure because I don't play for the Bengals. I'm just saying, right? Nobody buys Baltimore. We, nobody's buying in on, on Tennessee this season. The other interesting thing, though, you talk about the total. It's, I don't know, man. Is the Chiefs defense better? It's it's playing a little bit better here. Yeah. You want to talk about a group you don't want to ever buy into, though. But I'm just saying, the you know, second half shutout of Tennessee, held Washington to 13, Giant, Jordan Love, I don't know. They, they, they were good against Vegas. I never want to say good things about that defense. Dallas comes into town. They, they score 30-plus. No one's surprised. But yeah. Chiefs defense has been playing better. The Cowboys winning 43-3 to over the Atlanta Falcons this past <sighs> Sunday. A very impressive performance. Dak Prescott looked healthy again, finding C.D. Lamb twice in the end zone. It was a huge day for C.D. They got Zeke involved in the passing game as well. And Dak looked healthy, as you see here, rolling out, finding his way into the end zone. I even thought in that play, Kevin, when I watched it live, go to the pylon, Dak. But he lowered the shoulder and still found his way <laughs> to pay dirt. So the Cowboys, 43 points against the Falcons. The Chiefs, 41 points against the Raiders. That's why the total is at 55 and a hook. The largest total of the entire Week 11 slate across the National Football League. You also will see behind Kevin Walsh's right shoulder right now a Philadelphia Eagles helmet. Kevin loves the Eagles, and somehow, perplexing to me as it may be, the Eagles, a one-and-a-half-point home favorite this upcoming weekend against the New Orleans Saints. The over-under total right now is minimal, 43-and-a-half. 
But Kev, Philly's only been booked as a favorite in one game so far this year. That was as a three and a half point favorite against the Detroit Lions, and they mm. beat the crap <laughs> out of the Lions in that game. Can the Eagles do it again against the yeah, Saints man. on Sunday in Philly? So one thing the birds benefited from in that Lions game was they caught the Lions on the rotation of their cover streak. Lions just keep rotating covers. Pittsburgh had no chance this past week, right? Well, no chance. The New Orleans Saints rotating covers, rotating covers, rotating covers. They covered against the Titans. You love to see that. Look, man, Saints get Kamara back. They're trying to stop a two-game losing streak here. This will not be an easy game for the Philadelphia Eagles. But if the Eagles are going to legitimately enter an NFC playoff conversation, feels like one they have to have. It really does. At home. They haven't won at home yet. Now, this is the best chance they've had at home. Chiefs, Niners, Bucks, Chargers. I mean, they play a lot of tough teams at home so far. Saints fit the bill of a tough team as well. I don't know who made this schedule, but I just think this is a spot. I don't know who made the Eagles schedule. I'd like to talk to you. But this is... It's a real spot here for the Eagles, Ben, to not only build momentum, but then they're going to have to have a very real conversation in the room about what to do with this team's odds to make the postseason. Because after the Saints, Giants, Jets, bye week, Washington, Giants, Washington. Oh, my goodness. Could the birds win out? Could the birds win out? I mean, look, the Eagles plus... Kev, the people are asking. You are always for the people. The best segment on the internet, in my humble opinion. The Philadelphia Eagles right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, plus 240 to make the NFC postseason. The Saints now just minus 132. Favored to do so, but last week they were minus 260. The week prior, minus 340. So the Saints have had their odds work against them. But when New Orleans has been booked as an underdog so far this year, four times up until this point, this will be the fifth. Mm. They are a perfect 4-0 against the spread as a dog, covering by 17.3 points per game. Also, New Orleans coming off a loss is 3-0 against the number as well. They did cover last week against the Titans as a a 2.5-point underdog, only losing by two, but they still lost that game. So you would think some positive trends for New Orleans in Philadelphia this weekend. The over-under total, by the way, 44, hovering around the bottom three lowest totals for all of the NFL this weekend. So Kevin loves the Eagles. He does not like the Buffalo Bills. And it's another intriguing number to me, Kevin, because the Bills are now a seven-and-a-half-point favorite against the Indianapolis Colts for this upcoming Sunday. The over-under total, 49-and-a-half. The Bills opened up as a seven-point favorite on that early line. Now they are seven-and-a-half. Where might this number go from here? I'm not sure it goes higher. I think it fluctuates around this touchdown. I was not expecting to see the Bills be this large of a favorite against the Colts. Yeah, I think you, you've you got Buffalo who went out, ran it up against a Jets team. That's defense right now. It's an overbacker's dream. On the pick six, we always do an alt line. Mine this past week was the alt over in this game of 51.5 at a plus 150 price because if you oh. figured the Bills could get to 45, like it, yeah. it is that it's like the least surprising 45 points I've ever seen a team score in my entire life. The Bills against the Jets this past weekend here. The interesting thing for the Bills is they play a cult secondary that is vulnerable. I don't know what the Jaguars' passing attack is. It breaks my heart to see the poor man, Trevor Lawrence. I don't know what's going on, okay? They obviously couldn't take enough of advantage of it. But you know who did? Josh Johnson. When the Jets played this Indianapolis Colts team, I think you're going to see the Bills score points. 
I really do believe that. The question is, can Indianapolis match that? And if so, then maybe you're like over in the football game. Because I just don't know if the Colts, the Colts make plays on defense, okay? It's kind of old school Chiefs when the Chiefs would make plays, but they were still bad on the defensive side of the football. Darius Leonard is out there just making plays, right? But they're still bad. Can the Colts do enough against what is still has a very strong case as the best defense in the NFL to cover a number, but maybe more attractively, Ben, to get involved here with an over of 49 and a half. I don't mind that play at all because you have two teams that have played a fair share of their game so far to the over. The Colts did not cover this past week as a nearly 10 and a half point favorite against Jacksonville, only winning that game by six points. But the Colts have won five of their last seven games. They have covered in five of their last seven games. The Colts now more than a touchdown underdog on the road in Buffalo in Western New York against the Bills on Sunday. Been booked as a dog six times this year. Four and two against the number. The Colts have thrived in this position, and that's what kept them afloat early on in this year, still as a very profitable team. Meanwhile, Buffalo, five, three, and one against the spread. They have been a favorite in all but one game. Kevin, this is also doubly fascinating to me because of the Indianapolis Colts in their hunt to make the AFC postseason picture, plus 152 to make the postseason last week, now plus 138 on the FanDuel Sportsbook. I don't think the Colts are going to catch the Titans in the AFC South by any means. The Titans minus 5,000, but there's still a path in my mind for this Indianapolis team to make the playoffs. There absolutely is. Again, we've gone over this. They're right the best 2-3 and three team, 2-4 and four team, 4-4 four and four team, 5-5 five and five team. Did they squander too many early season chances, right? Because now you have to go to Buffalo. And steal a game, right? That's what makes it tough. The one thing I always look at too, Ben, when it comes to those make-miss markets is how strongly do I believe in your result this weekend? If you bet the call to that plus 138 number, you got to like them to win a game here, okay? Because otherwise the number is going to grow longer. Plus 260 money line, that you'd be better off playing money or at least just to cover a seven and a half point spread. That makes a little bit more sense. Also, I'll just say this. I always get very worried about games that are like very obviously going to be your most popular teaser spots. This is going to be a game where the Bills are going to be teased down to one and a half by a lot of people. Bills by one wouldn't shock me at all. Yeah, that's a really, really good point as well. So we round out this second hour of the early after on the morning after talking about Buffalo's quarterback. Stay with us here on the grid. Oh, boy. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. We closed out our second hour here of not only the morning after, but the early after on SportsGrid. Sirius XM, Channel 159, the new home for SportsGrid Radio on Sirius XM and all across the SportsGrid network. It has been the early after because I am Ben Stevens and the person who has been alongside me the entirety of these first two hours, Kevin Walsh, which makes this the early after. But before Kevin goes, we play by ourselves. sell. 
This is going to be fun. So right now on the FanDuel Sportsbook, in the NFL MVP market, Josh Allen is the favorite with very short odds currently at plus 200. Some people think that's not short enough. Josh Allen should be a minus money favorite. I'm just kidding. Nobody thinks that. Kevin Walsh has thoughts that Josh Allen should be much, much longer than that. So Kevin, do you buy or sell that Josh Allen should be the plus 200 favorite right now in the FanDuel Sportsbook to win the NFL MVP? Sell. Here, here is the thing, right? So Josh Allen is the favorite. Is he top five in QBR? Mm. No. Passer rating? No. Passing touchdowns? Oh. Sir. No. Top five oh. in yards? Yes. Yeah. Fifth. Best record in the NFL? No. In the conference? No. no. Does he even have his division locked up? No, Mac Jones knocking on the door. What's this guy doing as a two-to-one favorite for this award? What? Like, the only reason that he has to be the favorite is the people of Buffalo wake up every morning and just keep pounding the number. Like, that's got like, the odds makers probably wake up every morning, right? And they go, all right, we got to drop J.A. back a little bit. And then the people of Buffalo are like, whoa, tick, 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 tick. And they just keep clicking away, man. What is this guy? What is going on here? Listen, I'm not saying there is a clear front runner, but he's being booked like a clear front runner. Despite two touchdowns against the Jets, don't hand it off to Matt Brady if you want to win the MVP. That's all I'm saying. I'm going to end the rant right there. Kevin Walsh, one of the hosts of the early line, each and every weekday morning, more than morning after up next.